0: Well, good morning. Thank you so much, Amy. And that's a really good introduction to my message of Advent and looking at the person of Mary just in a couple of moments. But if it's your first time with us, a particular welcome to you, whether you're watching on YouTube or Facebook currently live or watching it later on, thank you for joining with us today. And a hi to all of our members of Jubilee Church this morning. And my name is Steve Whittington, and I'm on the leadership team here at Jubilee and we've already prayed for our wider work of Regions Beyond in Mexico uh, but God's also at work in the UK through our Regions Beyond churches and I'm currently responsible for helping to raise up church planters to send to the city of Birmingham and we had our second prayer meeting uh, just last week and it's wonderful to see who God is raising up to send to that city and we're looking to plant maybe four or five churches there in the city of Birmingham in the next one to two two years. And of course, here in our city of Hull, God is also at work, and we're so thrilled that Freedom Church will be launching in the new year in the north of Hull. So let's keep praying for the team as we begin to prepare and plan to meet on Sundays at some point early in the new year. Well, last week we started our sermon series on Advent, and wasn't it preached powerfully by Henna Dege? Please go back and watch it if you missed it. Well, Advent, as we've already mentioned uh, today, it is the period of time before uh, Christmas. It's the counting down. It's the time of expectation and leading to the birth of Jesus. And this week in our Christmas story, we're going to look at Mary's encounter with the angel Gabriel and what it teaches us about Jesus the son is to be born and her response. So let's read the story together in Luke chapter 1, and we're going to look at verses 29 to 35. It says this, In the sixth months of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you are highly favoured. The Lord is with you. Mary asked the angels, since I'm a virgin, the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. So here we have Mary, a teenage virgin, who suddenly met by an angel and told that she will now give birth. I wonder, can you imagine the shock, the surprise there, the questions that you would have? And then the angel explains who this baby will be. And maybe at the time, I don't think she would have been able to take it all in. However, she saw this baby born and grew and become a man. She saw the miracles, the healings. She experienced his holiness and purity and ultimately saw him die on a cross, and then resurrected from the dead. She did understand that she had carried the very saviour of the world in her womb. And in the words of Gabriel, we can see this clearly. And that's how us look at them as we think, what are the things that the Gabriel did say to Mary about this baby to be born? Well, the first thing is this, that Jesus was fully human. It says, you will conceive and give birth to a son. Yes, born of the Virgin Mary by the Holy Spirit. And that was to fulfill a prophecy that was given hundreds of years before in the book of Isaiah 714. It says, therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will be with child, and you will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. See, Jesus was to be born, born from a woman like every other birth in the world. 1 John 1 says this, verse 1, That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our own eyes, which we have looked at, and our hands have touched, this we proclaim concerning the word of life. Jesus was human. He was flesh and bones. You could touch him. John 1 says, 14 says this, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, glory as of the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. The word Jesus became flesh. See, Jesus had humanity, was just like us. He grew tired He got thirsty. He was hungry. He wept. When Lazarus, his friend, died, he wept. Even though he knew that he was going to be resurrected, he wept. He faced temptation. He became physically weak and he died. So Jesus was fully human. He was to be born. But secondly, this we read. He says, you are to call him Jesus see Jesus is the Savior his mission is salvation. the child to be born was to have the name of Jesus, which is the Greek form of word Joshua, which means Yahweh is salvation and the word salvation means to save to deliver to rescue see the very Name of Jesus is the good news of the gospel. Jesus Christ came from heaven to earth to rescue us from our wrongdoing, our sins. See, why has the church celebrated Christmas for the last 2,000 years? Celebrated the very birth of Christ because he came as a saviour. That's why it's such a key point in our, Christmas, in our, in our Christian calendar The celebration of Jesus, because ultimately he became the saviour. Christmas leads to Easter, the death and the resurrection of Jesus. In verse 32, the angel says, he will be great. See, this is without a qualifier. He's not very great or greater than something else. In the Greek, as this was written, it means to be great without a qualifier. There is no comparison. Great is reserved for God alone. There is nothing to compare with him. Isaiah 9 says this, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, He is mighty. This Jesus, he is, as we will read later on, he is the Lord of lords. He is the King of kings. He's above everything. That's why this morning as we worship, we said, oh, come let us adore him. See, there's many things in life that we adore and we love and we enjoy. And at Christmas time, there's many extra things that we might do that with, particularly based around food. But there is one who's worthy of all our adoration, of all our praise, of giving all our energy and time to. Because he is great, he is the Lord, he is God. Why is Jesus so great? Because he is God. It says this, Jesus is the son of the most high. We, he will be called the son of the most high, verse 32. And the most high is the name the exclusive name that's only given to God. See, Most High was simply a title only for God, clearly indicating he is higher than anybody else. See, Mary would have understood this, and other righteous Jews were familiar with the title because it's used throughout the Old Testament. This title refers to God's sovereignty. He is overall, and the fact that no one is higher, more exalted, more powerful than he is. See, to identify Jesus as the most high is to declare that he has the same essence as the most high God. Jesus, fully human, yet fully God. Hebrews 1 verse 3 says this, he, Jesus, is the radiance of his glory, the exact representation of his nature and upholds all things by the word of his power. When he made purification of sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Jesus told his disciples in John fourteen nine, he who has seen me has seen the Father. In John 10, he boldly, proclaims to his opponents, I and the Father are one. See, Gabriel announced and the New Testament confirms that Jesus unquestionably was and is worthy of the divine title because he truly is the Son of God. Jesus, the Son of God, sent from the Father, conceived by the Holy Spirit, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, involved in the very act of creation, but also involved in the very act of bringing salvation to us. God, three in one. What the Bible says and calls, so not the Bible, what tradition we call, the Trinity. John 1 1, 2, and the other verse is this. In the beginning was the Word. The Word is talking of Jesus. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. No one has seen God but the one and only Son, who is himself God, and is in closest relationship with the Father, has made him known. So here is this Jesus to be born, fully human, yet also fully God, the Son of the Most High. And fifthly, it says of this, he will be given the throne of David and he will reign over the house of Jacob. Verse 33. David, King David, was one of Israel's most celebrated and successful kings. And it says from his seed would come the Messiah. And we see this throne that's mentioned, David's throne in Ezekiel 21. And the throne is a picture of having authority and power over an area. For King David, it was a physical area for a season. But for Jesus, when it is given to him, it will be for everything. It will last forever. See, the house of Jacob means the same thing as the family of Jacob. That is, the children of Israel. It's the same as saying now that Jesus reigns and rules over his own church and people forever. He is the Lord of all. He is the head of the church, and the seventh thing the angel says is he says his kingdom will have no end, and this is emphasised throughout the Word of God. Hebrews twelve twenty eight says God is going to establish a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Of course, everything we know in this world is shakable. I watched on the news yesterday, a, a church hall in London. It just collapsed in on itself. See, buildings crumble. Companies, companies in our city go into bankruptcy. Our own qualifications and successes will fade away. Those of us who have houses, we, they age. The paint begins to peel. Our cars rust And worst of all, our bodies eventually will wear out. But the kingdom of God lasts forever. Dave Turner quoted some of these verses on Facebook as we're in the worship. I'm going to read them to you. Revelation 5, 9 to 14 says, and they sang a new song saying, you are worthy to take the scroll, to open its seals, because you were slain. And with your blood, you purchased for God persons from every tribe and language and people and nation. You have made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God and they will reign on the earth. Then I looked and heard the sound of many angels numbering thousands upon thousands and ten thousands, ten thousand. They circled the throne and the living creatures and the elders. In a loud voice they were saying, worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and praise and glory. Then I heard every creature in heaven and earth and under the earth and the sea and all that is in them saying, to him who sits, On the throne and to the Lamb be praise and honor and glory and power. What for? Ever and ever. See, this morning, if you've received Jesus Christ as your Savior, if you've asked Him to forgive your sin, your wrongdoing, you've asked Him to become your Savior, you realize you need rescuing of your wrongdoing. You've understood that this baby Jesus came as a savior for you to rescue you from your sin, to die on a cross for you. If you've received that forgiveness of sin, if you have chosen to follow Jesus, then the Bible says you've been taken out of the very kingdom of darkness and you've brought into the kingdom of light. And in the light we will live forever with God. We've become part of this eternal kingdom with the very king of kings and the Lord of lords. In fact, the Bible says of us this morning that we are now seated with Christ in heavenly places. Christ sat upon a throne. We are seated with him, a place of dignity and honor. Doesn't that cause you to be thankful and grateful this morning? And if you don't know Jesus this morning, if you haven't received him as your savior, do you know, even today you can come to him and ask him to forgive you, to come into your life, to change you, to begin to follow him. Do you know in this Advent season, you can encounter this Jesus for yourself? See, these truths of who Jesus is and who is to come that were said to Mary, we see them through the light of history. But how did Mary respond in those moments as Angel came to Mary? It says, of course, in verse 38, she was greatly troubled. I would be troubled if suddenly an angel came and visited me. But then she says this in verse 38. I am the Lord's servant. Mary answered, may your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel asked of her. See, Mary, she will do whatever it is that God asks of her. Do you know she didn't sleep on it? She didn't call her best friend. She didn't insist she has to run it past her mum first or even better, her fiancé. She just accepted this incredible invitation and then waits to see what happens next. See, after all, there is nothing to fear. The angel has promised that nothing shall be impossible with God. Well, maybe we're thinking, "I I couldn't possibly do that. However, the angel promises not only Mary, but declares the truth that nothing can be impossible with God. See, things may be impossible when you try to do them alone, but nothing is impossible with God. See, the way may seem impossible to travel when you try to make the journey alone, but nothing is impossible with God. Without faith, Mary would not have accepted the words that Gabriel had for her. She would have told God that she's too young, I'm not ready, She would have said no to God's plan for her life, and Jesus wouldn't have been born. But God relied on the faith of that one woman, Mary, and because of her faith, she was able to bring his son, Jesus Christ, to be born. You are the one that God has chosen. You are the one whom God will send. And God says that to us as well. I have chosen you, and I've sent you to do my will. And God will give us the strength and the courage. Even in times when it feels impossible and difficult, God is with us. Nothing is impossible with God. Why don't the band begin to come up? The angel does not only speak to Mary in her amazing situation. The angel speaks also to us this morning. When the impossible hits our lives, when it feels like it cannot be done, when there's the unexpected, when that unbelievable thing impacts our lives, when the incredible event even breaks our hearts and shatters our dreams. The angel's promise that he said to Mary is true of us. Nothing, nothing shall be impossible when we walk with God. Mary said yes yes to God, yes to the impossible, yes to the plan of God. God calls us to do the same this morning in the hope and knowledge. He is seated on the throne and he has all power and all authority. Let's pray together. Father, we want to thank you that we get to read the stories of Advent, the stories of Christmas. How Angel Gabriel came to Mary and spoke of who this Jesus was to become. We thank you for the reality we've received this. We've realized that Jesus is the Most High. That he is the Son of God. That he sympathizes with our witness because he was human. But he's the God who does the miraculous and the impossible. And I pray for each of us today and those who are watching those of us in the room where we're facing impossible and difficult situations lord that we have confidence again in you the one who's seated above all circumstances and situations and i pray for our response would be like mary saying god whatever you're calling us to do for some of us it's calling us to go and speak to that neighbor this afternoon to heal a, 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 a broken relationship to give some finance to somebody in need. Maybe for some of us even to move, maybe even to Birmingham or go and join Josh and Jen and the team in North Hull. Whatever it is, say, God, I'm willing. I'm going to go. Let's worship God. Let's respond to him.